silver dune. Tired enough that the prospect of sleep made him want to sink to his knees in the ice like one of those climbers yielding to death on Everest. He clicked off the light before climbing to the deck for a last look around. They were far enough from shore to drift for the night, and the Louise had settled into near silence. Below in the forecastle, he found Shug asleep, longish black hair fanned across the ticking of the pillow tattered and filthy, that he refused to part with or let Louise wash because he believed it was lucky. Disgusting, Nate said, but his mother laughed and said it could be worse. What if he had lucky jockey shorts? The shushing of the sea against the hull turned the space chapel-like, and the need to keep quiet as he undressed made Nate feel like a good child, respectful, or as if he was in the presence of his dead father feeling what he was supposed to feel. Not that night, but the next, Nate woke to the awareness that Shug's bunk was empty. Hey, Dad, where'd you get to? The deck gleamed back at the moon, the day's blood sluiced away, Shug working while Nate slept. Walk barefoot the length of the boat and your feet would stay clean as a newborn babe's. Nate retrieved the toilet seat and clapped it on the bucket. The seat, an old wooden one, paint rubbed away in a bottom-shaped arc, his dad's arse and his. Any other son would have conceded no more than a postcard. Santa Fe, Sydney, some lawless postmark north of the Arctic Circle. Nate emptied the bucket over the side. Dad? An arm extended from the door of the cabin, the hand resistless as a dead thing when Nate gathered it up. When he crouched, saying, No, no, his fingers against the inside of the wrist, finding nothing, hoping, finding nothing. Nate let shock carry him a short way into death after his father by neither moving nor blinking, concentrating on the death in his father's face, but not knowing what it was like or how to go deeper, to take part in this death that intolerably excluded you and left you hanging. Then stupefaction, as the pulse flailed against your fingertips, and the need to make sure you weren't deceived by the force of longing. The sea slid past, the moon poured down, and Shug sat up sick and disheveled with a glare that held Nate responsible. I think you fell, Dad. Fell and banged your head. Hold on, hold on, don't be thrashing or you could hurt yourself worse. In trying to get him to lie back, Nate was reminded that Shug was a big man, his back broader across than his son's, and showing a distinct slide and play when he worked shirtless, a bunching and cording along his forearm when he threaded the hook into the herring, and trimmed its tail till the glint of metal was perceptible, baitfish and hook co-equal, no excess for salmon to snatch unscathed. On first demonstrating the technique to Nate, he had said, this is sex. Nothing to spare. No little bit to nibble off. The beauty of it? It's all hook. Nate had been what? Nine? Shocked. Hiding it. You gotta lie back down, Dad. Nate's boots squeaking against the deck. The two men struggled in moonlight strong enough to contract the pupils in Shug's devastated glare. The core of bright mind he had left refused to trust his son. Even now, refused. Under his dirty t-shirt, 
Shug's collarbones were set against him like bull's horns. Gaining secure footing at last, Nate levered his weight into his dad's bad shoulder, and when he yielded his fury was terrifying. Shug gaping up from the deck with his hair strewn across his sweat-polished temples and crazy disbelief in his eyes at having been handled thus. This wrong somehow whistled up more wrong, and Nate bent close to say savagely, You're fucked up, Dad. Now let me do what I need to. Nate called from the hospital in Eureka to tell Louise that she should come as soon as she could. Absolutely, the doctor was the best. Yeah, a bypass, kind of thing they do all the time. They said it takes four or five hours, and Shug's chances were good, but they don't tell you more than that because they don't want to be liable. He had resolved not to lie for the sake of reassurance, though the impulse was strong. Nate rested his knuckles against his brow. Then